0: This is an A to Z podcast like the last seven times the Browns fired everybody. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott at Dre Knott at Akron Jackson on all your favorite social media platforms. A to Z podcast.com, Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Shouts as always, special holiday and end of the year shouts to Cleveland Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to Cleveland Whiskey, and to American Fireworks, and to you guys for helping this thing grow. Uh, if you're new here, first, thanks for coming. Secondly, uh, we get wound up. We say bad words, we usually mean them, but if that's not for you, if there are kids around, if you're in a work environment, please put on your earbuds or come back and listen to us at another time. We'd never want anyone to get in trouble for listening to A to Z. Andre, um, I I can't quit laughing. I I just – I'm going to say that (laughs) and I'm going to leave it at
1: that. It's it's funny. I mean, you can't – when you look at this situation and, I mean – and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. And we all are prisoners of the moment, uh, especially when things like this happen. And I, but I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know how – and I've got a brown shirt on now. I didn't pay for it, the shirt that was given to me. I, <laughs> but but – I, and I don't want to start this way, but i got to start this way. I'm not sure how anyone that wants to be a fan of this organization, and you have that right, And we all have our reasons why we, you know, we all grew up with our family watching Browns games. I don't know how you continue to give these people your money. Um, They don't do anything that, that, that make, it's not a good business. You know, I saw somebody tweet a few, a few days ago, and and I thought this tweet was, was dead on um, that, you know, it's like, it's like the people that own a restaurant at the corner one week, it's an Italian restaurant and they've got terrible Italian food. So they, Tear it down, you know. So they change it up and they make it Mexican, and then you get food poisoning. Uh, and then they make it into a, you know, a barbecue joint. How many different times are they going to change it before you realize they just don't have any idea what the hell they're doing? And they not, they're not there. I can't be a customer of theirs. This, the, 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 like, at, at some point in time, it's like it's the same restaurant on the corner of it's the same one down on Lake Erie. It's the same one. They keep changing the face, but I am. I'm, I, and you guys know me if you listen to this podcast. There's not many times where I'm. Beside myself, I'm beside myself, and I can't find the words right now to put together to say exactly what's triggering and going through my mind because, Zach, this is, uh, this is ridiculous. John Dorsey was not the perfect and, – and, and I said this earlier in the year. When, we, when people start bitching about Freddie and people are getting mad at me and they're like, you just, you're, you're just – I, I was called a pussy because I'm afraid to fire coaches. You didn't want to fire Hugh. You didn't because my point is, it's not the head coach, people. It's not the general manager, people. Um, it's not. It's not the sideline reporter. It's not, even though all these things reflect back upon the ownership, the ownership is an issue. They have no idea what they're doing. They're playing with your money like it's Monopoly money because it is Monopoly money to them. Yeah. They don't care. They've made a ton of money. They have no idea what they're doing. They run this organization like most of our buddies that we can't stand run their fantasy team. Well, congrats. Two, two things to
0: start. If you're new here or if you're not, Uh, if you're not, for one, you know it's bad when Andre runs out of words. And for two, whether (laughs) you think we're full of shit or not, whether you think we have any idea what we're talking about or not, the one thing we have is food analogies. We're damn good at those, and I think you're spot on with your (laughs) restaurant analogy there. Um, Let me say this. Nobody wanted it to happen going back nine months ago, six months ago, hell, even four weeks ago with Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens was so bad, he left them no choice, right?
1: Right. And right.
0: nobody saw it happening with John Dorsey, but I could rather easily make the case that John Dorsey was fired for cause, starting with hiring Freddie Kitchens, but certainly yeah. going beyond that to all the bad guys he brought in, right? The regression yeah. of several guys yeah. this year. And just the overall vibe of this team sucked, Dre. They not only were disappointing, they were it was distraction after distraction off the field. It was immature no, no. thing after immature thing. And clearly the vibe inside and outside was bad and as we always say perception matters in pro sports. Yeah. Right. Well, but, okay. But before yeah. Before we dive into Go any ahead. of that, any of that, you pulled the plug on a guy in 2 years. Again, you pulled a plug on right. a head coach in 1 year again. And nobody knows who's making the next hire, what they're looking for, or what that head coach is going to demand or want, or who he's going to answer to. And that is worse than anything. I don't care if you were 1-15, 6-10, or 15-0. and 0. Not knowing is the worst. Just constantly doing this is the worst. It's embarrassing on every level. There is no defending the Haslams. There is no defending anybody that's defended them. The Browns are the laughingstock of sports again. And two years ago, they didn't win a game.
1: Yes. But you know what? I, I, let me go, guys. There's so much there I want to go with. Let's go back to John Dorsey, and I'm not going to sit here and be a John Dorsey apologist, as we went through. But I'm going to sound like one. I'll admit that. As we went through the season, you and I both had we both have had issues with the characters that were been brought in. Is it fair for me to, to say that for both of us? Yes. We both paid attention to how the roster was built, and we realized that you you can only have so many characters on your team if you want to win. But I don't blame him, Zach. He they, look what they brought him into. Look what he walked into and what the Haslems don't realize. See, the Haslams are like that girlfriend that, that keeps getting used and abused. She's a girl that keeps getting used and abused and can't figure out why. Well, it's because, well, you let everybody do whatever they want to do to you the first time they meet you. And then you're all mad that they don't respect you two months later. Well, when John Dorsey came in, you gave him carte blanche, right? He came in like two, a year and a half ago. You, you forced them to keep huge. I mean, just look at all the dysfunction they continue to bring. What did you expect from John Dorsey? You made him ride with Hugh Jackson. Then you just let him and see like regardless of what we feel about Freddie, yeah, the choice may have been John Dorsey's. But who signs the checks, Zach? Like like have they like how like they fall in love with someone quicker than anybody I've seen somebody fall in love with, and then they fall right back out of love. How, how do you give John Dorsey all the how does John Dorsey have all this power a year ago, but now you take all of it away from him?
0: A year ago right. Exactly a year ago. You put him in charge of the football operation. He had, I mean, it was premature, but he had earned it, right? And you're finally right, saying, right. we are out of the way. We have one guy that runs a football operation. He's got his guys that he brought in here a year previously, and they're going to do this. They're going to go get the coach. They're going to shape things. They're going to spend the rest of the cap money. They're going to pick the core players here. And one year later, you're pulling that plug again. You're never going to get anywhere. And you have no. to examine no. every inch of your decision-making process. I, 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 I...
1: <laughs> But it's not... But, but Zach, Zach, they just didn't start owning a team a year and a half ago, two years ago. This has been a culmination of them shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over let again. Let me say this, Jeff. And I'll go back... Let, go me, let
0: me cut you off for one second. Just, just for reference, I want you to hold that thought. As we record this on December 31st in the middle of the afternoon... They have owned the team for seven years and two months. This is the fifth coaching search. This will be the fifth person in charge of the roster. Go on. Yeah. Wow. And they've hired. That doesn't count the ones that they fired yeah. when they took over in 2012.
1: Go on. So when you hear us, when you, so when you hear us complaining about culture, when you hear us complaining about your quarterback having no respect for anyone around him, when you consider that they had the audacity to basically make the backup quarterback this year the starting quarterbacks, but one of his best friends growing up, his other best friend ended up being what assistant coach, right? They have no idea what they are doing. And there's no one that can step in and stop this train from going. Now here's my question. And I said this on the air on Sunday morning and everybody looked at me like I was crazy, but I stand by it. And I know what your answer is going to be because Zach has given me this answer probably six previous times in the last six years. If you're worth anything, why would you take a job with the Cleveland Browns? And I know you're going to give me there's one of it's one of thirty two, right? And you can tell me well, you're going to get paid millions of dollars and probably not have to work for all of it. All true, but I wouldn't move my family to to Cleveland, Ohio, if I'm the McDaniels. It's like go to the list of, of the respected guys that are. I mean, it's, it's no, it's no, and there's something else to this that we're going to get to because obviously. Um, nothing has changed in Berea. Backstabbing, backstabbing one hundred one has been a part of just what goes on Lou Groza at, at Boulevard. Just that's what happens. Uh, and it's obvious there's somebody else that's that's speaking or whispering in the ears of the Haslam's, in my opinion. But Zach, I, and I'm going to ask again because I asked again a year ago and I've asked again two years ago. <laughs> just save it for next year, buddy. Let's talk about <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just record this part of the of the podcast because we will be saying it again. Why, if I'm worth anything, if you're McDaniel. And I don't know, and, and I think I put him up at the top of the list because I just feel like it's time for him to come. If he's going to do it, if he's going to get off the it, – it's time to get off the pot. But I wouldn't make him come home. Like, to me, it's time for him to do it, right? Yeah. He's, been, he's been through Denver. He's come back to New England. Um, you know, he was in St. Louis. Where I just feel like it's, it's, it's the time for him to do it. Right. But if you go to – if he calls his dad Tom McDaniel right now, what do you think his dad – and both of us, both you and I, have talked to his dad. We've interviewed his dad. If you're his dad, would you say, son, come home? I don't know if I can say, that. and both his sons are trying for the job now, supposedly reportedly. <laughs> all right, well, Hell, if you no, say like, hey, let's raise all good coach points. next year.
0: You raise all good points. And now what's different about Josh. And I want to get back to Josh is that he knows he's on his last chance. Right. So right. He, right. he is going to come somewhere where he believes in the quarterback and believes that there's, that they're not starting at ground zero because he knows how that goes. Now, you raise a great question about why he would, what reason he would have to think that the Haslam's are given more than six months in his last chance. You're right, but we'll, we'll come back to that. But okay, it was pretty clear that Freddie was getting fired, right? Everybody knew right. that. I mean, I, I wasn't coming out and reporting that. No one was. It, it was pretty clear. So about a week ago, I started going around to people that I trust from in the league. Hey, who would you hire? What are you hearing? What's on the list? Some Even though it's off the record, some of them won't answer, right? About four right, of them right. did, gave, gave more than a name or, or, or whatever. And this is, not a, this is a person that's worked in the NFL for a long time. This is not a person that was fired by the Browns. This is not a person with an X to grind <laughs> against the Haslams or against John Dorsey or someone else. This is exactly what he wrote to me, okay? Who's going to be the coach? Whoever Peyton Manning likes. Mm. then he says Mm. i wonder what dorsey really thinks about mccarthy i'm not sure they get along not close enough to really know but that's what i hear all i know is it'll be the opposite of freddie more like a greg williams type take that for what it's worth you know meaning that the browns just don't know what they're doing right and here's what he said that's really telling they won't get a top guy the owner has a bad rep and the qb is an average talent with maturity issues so all of you guys who've been getting mad at us and mad at me and mad about the browns and god bless you we love your passion we do this fucking dance every year
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what have we been telling Mm -hmm. right i i everything you just read in there i agree with like there's this isn't a great job people you know you the one thing about i'll give and and that's the thing there's always going to be someone like john dorsey Who respected? He respected the history of the Browns more than he respected the Haslam's. And I don't—I'm saying that just off. I remember when he came in, he wanted to wake the sleeping giant. He was—he to me waxed poetically about who the Browns were before 1996, and it worked for a little while because you can't fall in love with the Haslam's. You can't trust them. And I hate to go back, what through everything that happened with their former company, but what happened with their former company tells you a lot about who they are. And I, you know, regard like I can tell my wife whatever I want about people I dated in high school and who I dated in college before I met her and this and that. But you know what? At the end of the day, when she wants to remember who I am, she's gonna call me out on that. And she calls me out like like that because that's a part of that's part of my history, part of the, the Haslam history. is they had to pay almost hundred million dollars to stay out of federal prison, but they had people that were they, I mean, go read and and, I, and I'm only bringing this up because I don't like bringing up people's dirt. We all got dirt, but there's something function, there's something functionally about them that's not all there, all the way they right. You can say what you want about previous owners and things of that nature, but for the most part, they were halfway decent people and weren't put into a, a like. Just think, like, go read some of the stuff of what was going on in their company. And I'll never forget Mike Snyder, the nicest man in Cleveland, Ohio, said to me the day that they were hired seven years ago, eight years ago. The one quote they have at TAM that will never die was Jimmy Haslam saying on the day that he took over ownership of the Browns, how he was a hands-on owner with his previous company. And then when the FBI raided it, he put his hands up, and he acted like he was innocent and had no idea what was going on. That's who you're dealing with. Like, no longer is this just and – and I know what sucks about this is like, look, he doesn't want to – look, for the most, most fans, you got regular jobs. you got family stuff. you got kids stuff. You treat the Browns as something that gives you a Sunday where you can relax and get away. And you can get away from all the headaches that real life gives you. Well, I'll tell you what. The Browns can't get – they don't do that. They're not – it's not enjoyable. I don't know why you guys keep doing it. It's almost like it's a charade between the T-shirt companies and the Haslams to keep you guys running to go get tickets. Stop doing it. Because the players don't care and the players are undisciplined because they don't have to be disciplined. It's not pushed upon them. It's a joke. Like the whole John Dorsey thing to me, it's like, we're going to sit here and fight for John Dorsey. Is he the best that's ever been there? Zach? No, but he's maybe the best thing they're going to get over the next five. Like, I don't see like, Oh, well, here's the thing that I was going to ask you. How much power or how much say, because the guy that's that lives in San Diego, how much does Paul D Podesta have going for him right now? Well, that's hard
0: to say. Um, the answer is clearly more than most thought, or or would have been the answer a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, right? Um, it was thought right. that Dorsey was heading up a football operation that was eighty five percent football, and that Deepa Desta was this background character doing research and projects for them to support their decisions. To, so they had their models, so they back up things, right?
1: Um, right. Clearly,
0: had a role. He was around for much of training camp, sometimes on the field and right. not. Would see him on road trips. Um, would see him, you know, with the owners and the other top executives and the times that they're visible. But none of those guys are visible. Um, you know, past training camp, Dre, like being around the team, you know, we're in the building, but you're there for segmented and really regimented parts of time, right? You see guys right, in passing. Right. Training camp, it's all on display. Everybody watches practice. Everything is open. Everybody's accessible, and it's great because they're optimistic because they're undefeated, right? And right, you don't right. go in the meeting rooms except via hard knocks, but you see who talks to who. <laughs> you see who talks to you, right? You, you, there's no right. Oh, yeah about a, a, a player being behind schedule or a guy coming out of nowhere because you watch them play every day. You watch the organization work. After that, we don't know. And clearly, again, this is a case of behind closed doors just people doing whatever they want, you know, uh, the structure. Obviously, something went on. There was some conflict between John Dorsey and the Haslams, and John Dorsey's people, Alonzo Highsmith, for one, comes to mind, right? They, they weren't – what it is,
1: I, I don't know. I, I can't sit here
0: and hopefully – Well, none of us
1: – well, and that's what I'm getting at. Obviously, they want – and it's not even about analytics anymore. The problem is, and and like I don't like to quote Mike Lombardi or take from Mike Lombardi, but it's pretty obvious that they don't trust anyone, right, Zach? Like if I hire you and I say you're my CEO, and, and you're and, and I'm gonna go and our hierarchy is gonna go. Zach Jackson is who I talk to about the how we how we run the A to Z Podcast Center. I'm gonna be I'm the CFO or C, and, and 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 you're my next guy. Well, I can't hire another guy underneath you or besides you, Zach, and still listen to everything he says and question you when the other guy goes, I don't know about what – you know, Zach went out and bought a bunch of paper for our printer last week, and I could have got it cheaper. Um, I, think he's, I think he's wasting your money. You know, at some point in you've got to tell that person, hey, shut up. That's not how, that's not how this, this is regulated. You go, through ja- you go through Zach if you have a problem. If you don't like what Zach's doing, you talk to Zach, and, and I talk to him it's obvious they still are listening to any and everyone. Think about the quote that you had from a text, someone that texted you. that Even on the outside, people around the NFL that don't know what the daily workings of, of Berea said, well, he'll do whatever Peyton Manning thinks is best. But like that's the image, and to me, that's the most telling image of who the Haslam's are right now across the NFL, that all of us know that they have no backbone or no thought process of their own. They listen to Peyton, they listen to this guy, They'll listen to that guy. They'll listen to this guy. I mean, I mean, in all in all seriousness, and I and I don't want to camp, get on Freddie. If anything, Freddie should be dancing right. If I was Freddie, I would go put on that the Pittsburgh started shirt, and I'd be doing snow angels in the backyard drinking Christmas ale right now. All the t-shirt <laughs> companies should go over to Freddie's house. We should go to Freddie's house and have a Happy New Year's with him. It's the best thing that could happen to Freddie because at the end of the day, with all the dysfunction now. And what happened throughout the season, Freddie can go to another NFL team and say, hey, man, yeah, I'd never been a head coach. Yeah, I'd never been a – you know, I'd never called plays. But shit, you know, I mean, who, who do you expect? They, they ran off the GM too. Like this is – it's a joke. It, don't you guys make the joke that during the uh, combine in February, hasn't there been like a story, a behind-the-scenes story of basically um, a bunch of the former Browns employees having their own like party or whatever else yes, or dinner that. basically getting together? It just grew. And, and and you and you know so better than that. They got to turn and, their own damn flight, now. <laughs> <laughs> right? And they can afford it because they're still all getting paid by Haslam. I mean, imagine the stories that are going to leak out now. Like this is just the beginning. Like the other day when when the team when it became official that they that they fired uh, <laughs> they fired uh, Freddie, I just texted. I just texted that congrats. I mean, for all for all of you that bitch and moan and complain about the writers and the media. Can we have a moment right now? Can we, co- can we all come together before we go into 2020, or if you're listening to this in 2020, can we all have a moment of silence and all realize that no matter what is written, no matter how bad the questions are, no matter how stale the questions are, no matter how much the writing is stale, or even though the, the athletic has done a great job of keeping us informed and, and telling stories, could you nimrods get your heads out of your ass and stop blaming the media? Please, no. please. Get a grip. Get a grip.
0: Beyond that, let me say this. Guys, it just doesn't have to be personal, and it's not. We're observers, right? Everyone is, whether you're a fan, a writer, a broadcaster, a general tweeter, a general fan of football, a season ticket holder. We're observers. Nobody affects it, right? So this is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be taken personally, right? No. But all that being said, How can you give this organization any credit for anything? How can you defend one person involved with this shit show? That's all we're asking back.
1: Right? Right. Right. It's not that hard. And here's the other thing that you got. I'm going to go back to that quote. This has nothing to do with what's happened in the last 24 hours, but it's got everything to do with what's happened in the last 24 hours. There's a pretty decent chance that number six isn't the franchise quarterback. And if yeah, six isn't is the franchise on the
0: road, but you're damn right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, it's for down the road. You're right because we to, we want to break him down completely. But and I was paying attention because you know how you're around family during this time of the year, and just randomly, an uncle of mine, and I won't say his name, but he's he's been around sports. He you know he was a referee in the in um in the ACC for a long time, football referee. Um, I make him nameless. Certain people listening will, will get it and know, but. He refereed a lot of Miami University games, the U. When the U is the U, as he used to tell me. And he said something around Christmas that just blew me away. He was like, you know, I got used to how guys at the U talked and how they dealt with people. And he goes, and at first it was a turnoff, and I didn't really like doing their games. But I got to kind of know who they were and who they, how they functioned and how they respected each other and how hard they worked at the game. That I got past a lot of the the rah rah and all the shit that they said and did. He goes, but I got to tell you, their leaders never led like number six tries to lead the Browns. He never, and, he, and like, and his his point was is like, for as crazy as the you was when he was around them, they always had adults leading them. They may have been different types of adults, but they were adults. And his point was, name me one starting quarterback that has been as much of an asshole as that guy is. <laughs> And then, when, and, he was, and then when he saw the video, his son showed him the video of Baker barking at the, the beer vendor. And he, just, and he simply said, This isn't a leader. And he goes, And I don't know what's going to change him. But he goes, Tom Brady ain't yelling at that guy. And I hate, you know, you hate going off. He goes, Joe Montana ain't yelling at that guy. He goes, They may wink and smile at him. He goes, Hell, Joe Montana or some of the smart ones. Steve Young, they would grab a football and throw it up to the guy and say, Have a good day. Kill him with kindness. He goes, this kid keeps he goes, all this dude kid is doing is proving how much of a how much of an immature idiot he is. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. You guys can wear your six jerseys, you can be excited about it. If he doesn't grow up, we're gonna start all over again. And like you just said, if they like and here's the deal. I, it doesn't matter what their record is in 2020. If six doesn't progress, you're probably going to see if, if I'm going in for the coach's job or GM's job. Doesn't one of the questions have to be, if we don't like Baker Mayfield, are we going to get fired when we try to get our own quarterback? That's a legit question to me, Zach.
0: It it is, Dre, and and it raises the question to me of, like, what isn't a fair question? Like, how (laughs) do these interviews go for three days long to get all your questions answered? Like, who wants this job? Right. Who wants to do
1: this? Right. Why would you? But you know what? You end up with a guy like Freddie. You end up with a guy like Freddie who's like, to hell with it. I got This is my opportunity. And you know, like, I remember with Freddie in the summer, there was one of those – was, it was one of those random press conferences. It may have been the first one where he said, I didn't ask for the job. I didn't do nothing, change the job, and I'm not going to change who I am. I got to give Freddie credit. He didn't lie. <laughs> like, like, go back and listen. Like, I, I saved certain – like, I saved certain transcripts. And I, and I went back and read it, and I chuckled the other day because I was like, Freddie didn't lie. Dude, like Freddie told you, I ain't changing. This is who I am. Right. And damn it, he was.
0: Right. <laughs> no, you, it was rather obvious.
1: Um, and listen,
0: <laughs> listen, there is a case for firing Dorsey. It's surprising, sure. I'm not sure it's the right thing, given that you've never stuck with anything, given that even though your core maybe wasn't as solid or as overall talented as you thought, he was starting to build one. Right, He is a talent evaluator. Um, so they're spinning this as he was not willing to accept changes, which means he was going to take a VP role and the D Podesta. This, to me, the D Podesta or someone yeah. else was going to run the organization. That means that they were sick of him bringing in shit head guys that they could not believe that he thought hiring Freddie Kitchens was a good idea and they were hesitant to let him go forward with the next guy. So all of okay. those are understandable things, Dre, right? To me right, right. now... Like, who? What, you haven't gotten it right yet. I mean, of all the things that Freddie Kitchens did wrong, there was only two things to not pull the trigger on him. And that was that one, well, you know, it was only one year. And the two, what the hell makes you think you can get it right? What qualifications does anyone in there have to hire the right guy to think that it's the right plan? And then what possibly could those guys think that they can do to be different that they're not going to meet the same fate? they think in this culture, zero. working for these guys, taking over this roster of guys that have never won shit, that act like petulant children, that are in this building where no one's ever got it right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, you're right. First of all, I got to say this. If you fired or let go or whatever fancy word, we'll pay you for the next two years, John Dorsey. Did you do your research on John Dorsey before you hired him? Did you look at the rosters that were put? He didn't do anything. He didn't, John Dorsey did nothing. I'm going to stand with John Dorsey. And you know what? Damn it, if you hired me to do a job a certain way and I sign my name, that I have certain amounts of power and I have the ability to put whatever I want on the roster, then damn it, when you try to take it away from me, I'm not accepting that. But I will say this. Did the Hasnals not look at what happened in Kansas City? Did they not see the roster? Like, see, so you can't have it both ways. You can't say, hey, John, we're going to bring you in here. We really need some talent, man. We love that talent you got in Kansas City. We need some of that. Well, if you want that, you got to also take what comes with that. And when you looked at that Kansas City roster, did you just fall in love with the Tyreek Hill scoring touchdowns that you didn't read that he was kicking women in the stomach when they were pregnant beforehand? Did you not read that or know that about them? Did you not know that he took a left tackle from Central Michigan or whatever Michigan as a number one pick? And I don't want to beat up on Fisher. Fisher Fisher's actually had a decent career, but, and that was a bad draft. So whatever. But there's a reason why he wasn't in green Bay anymore. There's a reason he wasn't in Kansas city anymore. So now you're going to hold that against him? Like you, you can't like, how are you going to establish anything? If you don't, if you don't keep anyone like how, I don't, I don't get it. So like, to me, I don't, I don't want to take this job and come in next year, but think about this. They let Hugh Jackson coach for three years, right. almost two and a half. Right. They let John Dorsey be a part of the organization for what a year no, he was and two a half? To
0: five weeks. He was hired in December, so he had two seasons, but he was hired in December and then fired in summers yeah. later.
1: Yes. Okay, yeah. my bad. So he had two drafts, but still, yeah, still Hugh Jackson lasted longer than he did. Right. Right. So like, 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 and do you like? I was gonna, I was gonna say this, and I, if you if you come in as a GM. Or as a coach, don't you have to tell your agent to negotiate a five-, six-year deal is only how you stay here or come here? Because you're going to pay me for five or six years or I ain't coming.
0: That's right. I mean, Right? Like They have made it the least desirable job that there is. And and, and listen, yeah. let, let me continue. Um, If Dorsey was going to be on the hot seat and if he had failed you, roster-wise... And with the O-line and some of the draft picks, I'm listening, culture-wise, right? Then there's no sense in going forward on, on – time will tell on this. Like I said, I, I can make a case. And in hell, in the next 24 or 48, I might be writing a column on why – on the case, why he had to go. I, I, I'm not trying to jump into that part of it. What I'm trying to say is what's next? What is the plan? And And, and how could you okay. possibly sell anyone, your fans, your ticket holders – most importantly, the people that matter, the people you're going to hire on them being able to see their plan through. Uh, Yeah. All right.
1: Let me, let me go. I want you to write that story, but I'm going to ask you something first. I don't know if the good outweighs the bad with John Dorsey. I think the good does. I don't think he was perfect, but I, I, I can't wait till you write this article because I would simply say in most cities, don't you get a chance to fix some of the things that you may have hurt I mean, to me, and I don't know what happened, and we weren't in that room. But I think I would say, okay, you know what? Maybe I was hell bent on just getting talent here, and I wasn't paying attention to character because I was trying to catch us up. And I got excited because I thought we were close. And maybe I did pull the trigger on a couple guys that I probably knew better. But I think we're pretty close to being a decent franchise if we can just fix a couple holes. Like, how do you not listen to that I, I like that. That to me is bewildering. To me, Zach, do they think they're going to hire somebody perfect? Nobody's going to get perfect players. No one's going to get perfect. Never. No one's going to hit on every draft pick. No one is. Go, no player is going to be the perfect player. Like shit happens. Is well, the reason why we it. all say. It. You know
0: what? I mean, honestly, like <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the first one to say, like these guys that, that do this at a high level and make all these millions, like they usually earn it. They they've they've put in the time. And they see things that we don't know right but it ain't rocket right. science or brain surgery right and so no <laughs> when you're negotiating this contract when you're the owner or or one of the high business side officials that works for the owner and you're hiring john dorsey for four years or five years on his deal like you're not supposed to be thinking that you're paying him eight million to leave you're supposed to be seeing it through <laughs> right
1: right right right
0: <laughs> what is the point of a four or five if- year contract if you have no intent of seeing it through
1: it's, it's unbelievable. I, 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 I like, I like, like, why would you even interview with these clowns? Like literally, like, I would like, why would I like, yeah, that's why Shanahan was great. When he was talking about it yesterday, I don't know if you heard his quote about uh, interviewing uh, the defense. What's the defensive guy? Salah? Who I don't even know. is ready. He didn't even run his own defense all the way. That's a whole nother TV. Peter King did a good thing writing about him. How they like people fall media falls in love with people for whatever reason. And he may, he may be good. I'm not, I'm not going to kill him, but. They, it's funny who we turn into stars. But Shanahan was great yesterday. He's like, sure. You know, I got no problem with him trying out for the job or whatever. They're going to fly out here. Yeah, go ahead. I wouldn't fly to Cleveland. You want to interview me? Come to my house. You can come talk to me. I'm not spending any – like, it's just – this is a joke. It's a joke. And the, and the sad thing is, and I've said this on radio and I've said it here, it's December 31st. We're going into a new year, a new decade. And we all know, and this is the beauty of – where we are and what we are in life. Zach's going to sell way more books and come August 15th or 14th, you guys are going to sell out and go down there. And I'm not saying sell out the bad way. I say, I got my phone, I've got 55 text messages missed since we started doing this, this um, podcast. And most of them all hate the Browns right now. And I would say 45 of them will be at training camp on day one. The Cleveland Browns are a drug like no other. No offense to heroin. No offense to, to, no offense to cocaine. Whatever it may be, there ain't no drug like them orange helmets in Berea. No. They got us. You guys are hooked. We all are. It's crazy. I
0: mean, you can't fire the owners, Dre. We've done this dance before, right?
1: Yeah, you can't. I tweeted it out. I don't know if you guys know the Stephanie rules. Ted Steffian was the uh, owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers back in the 80s. And he was very much like the Haslam's, had no idea what he was fucking doing, um, became a minstrel sideshow to the rest of the NBA. And he got so bad as an owner that he was trading away his first-round picks left and right. But the NBA had to step in, and this rule is still in effect to this day. And it's called the Steffian Rules. Look it up, kids. The older generation will know this. That it was so bad that the NBA had to step in and made a Steffian Rule, and the rule was that you couldn't trade first-round picks in back-to-back years anymore. So they didn't want teams to go in multiple years without a first-round pick. So because Ted Steffian was such an idiot and kept doing it, they had to step in and stop him from doing that. I don't know anything. I don't know anybody that would tell us this information, Zach. But we got to get pretty close to to the other owners (laughs) in the NFL looking at each other going, hey, man, we got to do something about what's going on in Cleveland. You can't get rid of the owners. You can't tell people what to do. But there's about to be a hassle. They're playing the division
0: with the Bengals,
1: Dre. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be the Ohio rules. Um, I don't have the exact They make the Bengals. (laughs) Um, Here we are. It's
0: January in, in nine hours. And here we are again. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers for this stat, but a little history is getting made slash broken this weekend, depending on how you look at it, okay? In the, in the last approximately 15 years, maybe this century, maybe it's 20. Someone tweet this if you find it. Only two teams have not played. No, it's 15 years because the Browns made the playoffs in 2 Only two teams have not played on wild card weekend, the Browns and the Patriots, and the Patriots play this Saturday night. Think about that.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, you just made me think about something else. The Hasams have made the Brown family look like they're strong, intelligent owners down in Cincinnati. Think about that. The Bengals are no, a better I organization right now. <laughs> Bull. They've been in the playoffs.
0: They have
1: been. A they've lot. been in the. Pl- they and they've got a like. Are they a joke? Are they cheap? Can we make jokes about them? Sure. But I, I know at least when they hire somebody, they're gonna make them. They're gonna hey. Zach Taylor, or whoever that dude, Zach Gapinokulis, or whoever they hired to be the head coach, that motherfucker's going to coach all the way till his contract is up. Yes, he is. There's no, whether he, whether yes, he's he good, is. bad, or in between. Him that motherfucker's going the
0: because they can't afford to fire him either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey! Leave Tom Arthur alone! Damn! Man. Between the two of them, they won well, two games the- this
0: year, and one of them beat the Browns by 10 just the other
1: day. <laughs> <laughs> this is sad. F- football is ours. It's 2020 and where football started. We got some of the most embarrassing shout out to Columbus. Shout out to Ohio state. Y'all got robbed. What is it against Ohio football right now? Seriously, yeah. what is going on in the great state of Ohio in football? It, yeah. it we're, this is, this is unbelievable. Like all these teams, like all of them. And how about this? And I'll, and, and I'll say this the right way. Um, I worked with Jim Donovan and Doug Deacon on the broadcast years ago. You guys know that. And I still have a pretty good relationship with both of those guys. Um, you know, we, I text and joke and mess with them. And unfortunately, I had to have a text with Jimmy that, well, Jimmy and I have had before. But I never thought I'd be sending it to him in 2019. Um, you know, I listened to the game because I was doing radio. My, I had my daughter. This is how much I did not care about the last game. I told my wife weeks ago. This is just, it gives you a little intel into my life and what I thought about the Browns this year. I scheduled LASIK eye surgery first thing Monday morning after the Browns last game. And I also told my wife to schedule my daughter's uh, birthday party at a gym. I told her to make it at one o'clock on Sunday. And I texted that to my wife. She was like, you sure? December 29th, one o'clock? She goes, you know, that's a Sunday, right? And I go, yeah, the Browns are playing the Bengals. It won't matter. I go, both of them are trash. I said that like six weeks, eight weeks ago. So I went to the birthday party. I barely watched. But I listened to the game, and I texted Zach. But I was listening, and I was listening to Jimmy. And about halftime, I texted Jimmy. And I was like, hey, man, happy New Year. You guys, you know, hang in there. This will be another one of those flights. And I don't want to put Jimmy on blast or anything like that. But at the end of the game, I texted him again because he had sent something back to me, you know, happy new year, hope the family's good. Tell your daughter, I said, happy birthday. And I go, man, I go, um, I go I'm not calling you out, but I can hear in your voice, man.
0: And he, yeah, I go,
1: I can just hear it in your voice. You just, this, this has been a tough one. And he goes, yeah, it is. It's draining. It's draining. Um, we've said this before. I know all. it's tough for all of us in different ways. And I know Jimmy and Doug get paid. But, man, have they been put through the ringer. Um, having to try to sugarcoat the bullshit that they see. And trying to sugarcoat because here's the deal, and you know this, Zach, very well. Jimmy and Doug they know way more than they ever allowed to say. But we could put mics in front of them and they keep being professionals and they keep just taking it and they keep getting on those flights. And I made the joke. I go, Jimmy, I go, I go, This team is taking about twenty years off your life. (laughs) Or you're just going to have to take this one for the team and be here until they figure it out. It's sad, man. It's sad having two people that, that you look up to that you're friends with and just see them go through this. And, you know, and I almost made the joke. I said, this will be a fun flight. And like, like how many times do you have to go through that flight? How many times? And it's just not Jim and Doug. And you've written about this. There are good people that work in Berea. And unfortunately the December in Berea thing, it, it's become a running joke. It's kind of funny, but there are a lot of families, and Zach, you know, this. It's a lot of people. This isn't funny for right. There's a lot of there's a lot of assistant coaches sitting in that office right now, or they're going home. And look, you only get so many dates with your wife and your kids when you're an assistant coach, or when you're working as a as t- you're working and cleaning the uniforms and, and cleaning the and taking care of the equipment, or you are you're the chefs, or whomever you may be in that building. There are only so many so many days you can look at the calendar and say, honey. We can do something. Well, I'd say about 80% of those people that don't get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, they're getting ready to go to New Year's Eve parties. They're getting ready to, you know, to see their kids and hang out with them or go on vacation for a few days. And once again, they have no idea what your future holds. Right, That's, bullshit me, That's bullshit to Haslam. That's bullshit. It's bullshit that you continue to own a place that fucks over good people left yep. and right, because you can't get out of your own fucking way.
0: I mean, Dorsett cleaned out the personnel staff to bring in his own guys, right? Right. So what's the right. next guy going to do?
1: So what's so what's the next guy exactly? What's the next guy going to do? Same thing, same thing, same thing. Like I was with last year at this time. I was with Josh Cribbs, who had just interned, and he interned as a coach. Really wanted to coach special teams. Had a good time. Loved it. Say what you will. Yeah, he, he's a friend. So maybe I'm being I'm, I'm, but I just went through this. I watched Josh Cribbs go through it. Now Josh was all right. Because Josh is Cleveland, he's us, and Lord knows he's about the best thing we've had in twenty years of Browns football. That says a lot about him and us. But he went through the same thing. I watched him walk into. We we walked in together. He said, "Yeah, they just told everybody we probably won't have our jobs next year." Now Josh is ever gonna bounce back, but it was New Year's Eve, and I'm watching Cribs. Text his wife. Yeah, let's have that. Let's have that New Year's Eve party. It'll be all right. We'll figure it out. And they did. But it's bullshit that I have that many friends. And look, there's people that are out in Korea that are that are afraid to say they're friends with me. <laughs> because they don't want to be they don't want to go through what they're going through right now. I don't even ask. Like there used to be people that I would I would get tidbits or get stuff from. You know, like you're just like, but I don't even I don't even want them to give me stuff anymore. I'm like, nah. Because they treat people like that like crap, Zach. How many people do we know? How many of the underlings do we know that, that they They just treat like shit in case they leak something or say something. Y'all better figure it out, Jimmy and D. You guys are a joke in every sense of the term. It truly is a joke. And it's on you guys. It's not on the quarterback. It's not on John Dorsey. It's not on Freddie Kitchens. It's not. It's not on Hugh Jackson. It's not on – it's just this is runneth over. It's such – it's a joke. It is a joke. How these guys can show their faces to other owners? Like, how do you sit down with the Roonies right now if you're the Haslums? And how about the game they ran on the Haslums? Right, they just took so their money. They didn't, teach it. they didn't teach me anything.
0: Let's get out of here on this note. So, every year the owners' meetings are the end of March, right? So, what's that? That's nine months, right? It's the end of December. It's nine months. So, um, at the owners' meetings, we, as a local and national media contingent, get formal time. With the head coach and the GM. There's other time where people are just milling around. Um, basically, the tops of every department in the NFL attend these. Um, you know, like the coordinators aren't there and the assistant GMs aren't there, but everybody else is. If you got a VP title, you're there for something, right? So right. the GM is there. The head coach is there. Um, like I said, there's the formal times with them. We, as a local media corps, get formal time with the actual owners. Uh, it's maybe one of only two times all year, in a lot of years, that we get that. Um, anyway, so there's a lot going on, and, and and in the middle night, the meetings go for about four days, but the formal activities are about two and a half days. So the the next to last night, they have a reception and and they kind of they let us in, so they kind of force the plebes or the uh, the the highfalutin people to, to mingle with the teams, <laughs> right? Right. So just last year, just nine months ago, in Phoenix, at the Biltmore, one of the more incredible places I've ever
1: seen. Oh, unbelievable. Right? Yes, it is.
0: So so I'm there and doing my thing, and we sit out at this outside patio with Dorsey and we talk football and we talk about free agents and how the Odell Beckham thing came together and what expectations are and what baker needs to do in a second year and who who else needs to get better and what and the next morning we have the coaches' breakfast and we see freddie in the setting and talk about this and the night before at the thing i had talked with some some of the big shots met one or two of the new people uh just for a moment just talk with freddie totally you know off the radar hey how you doing this is pretty cool right i mean it was his first owner's meeting. He looks about as out of place right, as I sure. do there, right? But, you know, I can't, I can't describe to you what a party at the Biltmore is like when you're surrounded by billionaires, right? I can yeah, tell too, but right. I really can't do it justice. Anyway, so then on the last day of the formal activities, we sit outside in the sun, and the Haslam's come. And um, we do some off-the-record, just mingling or and if they have anything they don't want to talk about or if they want to say hey this is not going to come up for another couple of weeks we want to let you guys know you know we do that well in the on the record discussion to jimmy's credit he was the one person kind of tapping the brake pedal but think about all those names i just said and then in the course of the thing even though he tapped the brake pedal he said we know we've done wrong we feel good about the organization on the business side we feel good about the relationships we have in the Cleveland community." And with our sponsors and with just the, the city and our fans, our ticket holders in general. And we feel finally good about the football operation. Nine months later, the first yeah. two people I named no longer work for him. And everything they said sounds like BS because obviously they didn't. So whose fault? Yeah. What's next? And again, like I said, guys, I can easily build a case for firing Dorsey. I'm not here screaming in the microphone because they fired John Dorsey. I'm here screaming in the microphone because it's another lost season for the Cleveland Browns. It's another regime change for the Cleveland Browns, and there is zero clear answer as to what's next and how the hell they ever get out of this cycle of being the most embarrassing organization in sports. Thanks for listening. Have a good new year.
1: John Dorsey, Kibosabi, Sabi. You want to come here, buddy boy? You know, guys, I, I, it's, it's still kitchen. going. I mean,
0: we would love to talk New Year's resolutions. We would love to play Glory Days by American Fireworks and talk about shit we did 20 years ago, right? But, like, uh, I'm exhausted. I'm mentally freaking exhausted. Yeah. I'm sitting here in my yeah. goddamn boxer shorts.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. The funny thing is, my, even to, like, my wife and kids, like, they're just, like, like my wife, because like, I took a nap. And let, let me say this. I got to say this. And I know it's not a part of uh, a partnership, but it, maybe it will be down the road. Um, I'll say this quickly, it has nothing to do with the podcast, but it has something to do with me. Um, If you checked on social media, you've seen that I've had um, laser eye surgery over the last 24, 48 hours. Um, I went to a couple different companies because I went back and forth of it. I was afraid of it. My eyesight is something that's important. Obviously, it's my career um, to be able to see. And I used the Cleveland Clinic, um, Cole Eye Institute. They were awesome in every sense of the terms and and the ways that they treated me and what they went through. And today, the doctor that did my eyes, he looked at me and goes, man, your eyes are better than 20 than 20. We ever do that in 24 hours. He goes, are you surprised that they fire Freddie Kitchens? I go, I'm more surprised that I got 20-20 vision. That is a God-honest truth. I, it's, it's, it's reality. But I want to say thank you to everybody at the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, they were great. They took care of me. If you're thinking about that type of surgery, thinking about something like that, um, check them out. Tell them that you heard that I did it. Tell them you went to Andre. Uh, shebang! get it all done before the new year all that good stuff so i'm I'm (laughs) gonna tell the
0: story now because it's it's not gonna come up at any other time so um this is our american fireworks glory days and american fireworks is open 365 at americanfireworks.com so 20 years ago tonight dre i would have been 20 Mm. years old right Mm -hmm. little did i know i'd be six months away from starting working for the cleveland browns right right but i was home um at OU, we were on quarters, so we went back like the first of January. But I'd been home for six weeks, so I'd always work in a local newspaper and in the shoe store in Belton Village Finish Line, um, you know, and I'd just be around, hanging out with with my friends, because at the time, unless people's parents had moved away or unless they were abroad, like you came home for Christmas in the New Year, right? And if I was right. twenty, all my friends were, most of them anyway, were eighteen to twenty-two, and most of them had gone away to college, or you know, the few hadn't. Stuck around, had houses or places, and we hung out here. So I don't know why I remember this above any of the others, but even though I wasn't of legal drinking age, um, you know, it was a big night. And then, of course, it was the change of the millennium, and everybody thought the computers were going to bust and all that stuff, right? So Mm -hmm. I remember hanging out with my friend Josh Byers and shout out. I don't think he's listening, but I'm just – it's a goddamn miracle he's alive. (laughs) (laughs) I remember smoking a pipe with Josh Byers that night. And as you know, I don't even know how to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> so, yeah. I was say like, you? <laughs> so I, I, I somehow get dropped off. We we were at the barn behind my, Brian, my buddy Brian Workman's house, which is probably like a mile, mile and a half from where my parents live. Workman. Oh, yeah. So I get dropped off, and I'm sleeping. And Texas played in the Cotton Bowl at 11 a.m. the next day. I remember that for a reason. So my mom comes in the room, and she's like, get up you're gonna miss the texas and i'm like i'm not doing well she's like well you're not i don't care if you're 20 years old you're not in my house sleeping past 11 o'clock get up so i take a pee and i brush my teeth and i come down and and reg has this big plate of food for me right and i (laughs) take with and i take one bite of mashed potatoes and i run up and i yak all over my parents bathroom Uh.
1: I I know the story a little bit, but I feel better <laughs>
0: immediately, right? Because I get the toxins out of my body. Right, get it I out. Watch the yeah. text game. I lay around. Well, we had tickets that night to Metallica and Kid Rock at the Q. Uh, you Jeez. know, one one oh oh, big show, huge show, and I was going with right. this girl named Marissa, who I'd been after for years and years and years, and she finally agreed to go on a date with me. But probably because I had these good tickets to Metallica, right? So, <laughs> six of us. so it was me, four of my dipshit friends, and Marissa. Finally, after four years of knowing her, got her to go on a date with me. And as we stood in the line outside the queue, waiting to get in, my friend Richie puked all over Marissa's shoes.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god!
0: I hope she—you met Marissa what? Remember, she picked us up that time in Cincinnati.
1: <laughs> oh, Cincinnati! That's right! Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> Oh my God. What a life we What well, how? How are we still here? How, how are, we still are we still alive? alive? I don't know. Uh, but shout out to oh my, parents my God for keeping me alive. Yeah. No doubt. Shout out same for me. Shout out to my parents and my wife. <laughs> I don't know how I've gotten to this point. This may be the first year that uh as we were doing this, my wife texts and she said, Hey, you're forty. You're over you're forty one now. Do we have to fucking drink? she didn't say fuck, I'd said that. She goes, Do we really have to drink Andre to bring in the new year? for the 20th year straight. And during this podcast, I just said back, nah, we can move on to something else. <laughs> so I'm yeah. matured or something like that. <laughs> well, I
0: was going to go to the gym today, but I'm out of time because the Browns and the podcast, thanks for listening. Be safe out there. Um, I don't know, unless there's a development, we probably won't have another one into the week, but uh, you know, we'll see. Thank you guys. Well, this yeah. means a lot to us. Your support of us means a lot to us. I love for you guys. Thanks Seriously. For listening. Thanks Appreciate
1: for- you guys. Happy New Year's, and the people that don't love us will bury us on our stomachs and you can kiss our ass. Love y'all. Happy New Year.
0: We'll see everybody at the (laughs) Super Bowl next year.